Hashtag Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. 90 minutes of entertainment is on the way. I'm Tim McGill. That over there is Jesse Rubinoff on another busy day in the world of sports. We will break down a pair of all-Canadian matchups from the NHL last night. Leafs, Oilers, Habs, and Jets all a part of a 12-game slate in the National Hockey League. A slate that includes Alexander Ovechkin at home and looking for history. Mm. One goal back of Gordie Howe for second on the all-time goal-scoring list. And you can see the game on Sportsnet. Starting 7 p.m. Eastern Time, immediately following Hockey Central. So do me a favor and lay down the old clicker. Not the clicker. Nice. 800 bleeping goals, Jesse. That is almost as massive as this dog. It's a really big dog. That's a dog? That is a, that is a dog. What? <laughs> does it not look like the dog from the That's Sandlot? Sick. It does look exactly like the dog from the Sandlot. <laughs> yeah. A little less menacing, though. Seems I mean, like how, I, we don't know how tall the woman is standing beside the dog. That could have some effect on the size. Uh, yeah, of, I mean, you're ballparking at least, like, five-plus feet. I mean, I'm guessing that's not a costume and just her husband <laughs> wearing it. <laughs> Would that be something? <laughs> I feel like every time we show a video like that, we're both... The more we watch it, the longer it stays up, the more suspicious we get. It is, it is mesmerizing, yeah. though. Oh, 100%. I mean, that thing, that, that's a massive dog. If I would like to see that dog go down onto the paws. What's it watching? How... Aren't you curious what it's watching? <laughs> yeah, that's another good like, question. Why is it yeah. holding its attention like that? Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's watching whether or not uh, they're going to steal home. Yeah, You're big on. Yeah. That's what amazing. was the name of the lead character on Sandlot? I am the Benny guy. Benny the Jet? Benny Not, the Jet. Yeah. Yeah. Dodgers. Stole home. Stole home. That's yeah. exactly. I couldn't think of Benny the Jet's name. Out of boy Jet. How can I have some more if I haven't had any? Yeah. All right. My dog, my D-O-double-G, Anthony Stewart, will pop by second hour to tell us uh, just what makes Ovi so good. Like, I mean, I mean. 800 goals good Brandon Stokely also dropping by first hour talk about a pretty good Thursday nighter Niners and Seahawks Brock Purdy expected to start in that game with a division on the line at least for San Francisco tonight and finally I kept telling all y'all that last night's Raptor game was big and they played like it and still lost Mm. so what's next well friends that just might be the start of first things first McAuliffe and Rubinoff coming your way live from the Sportsnet studios in downtown Toronto on what was supposed to be a massive snow day in the big smoke, but turned out to be a rain day in the big smoke. Not a fan of snowy days in Toronto, eh? I don't know what you're talking about, Jesse. I have no clue what you're talking about in any way, shape, or form. Okay. I got on the DVP, which is Don Valley Parkway, one of Canada's busiest highways for those not in the area. And one of the worst. And one of the worst. It's winding, it's hilly. They said they built it so that it would be a scenic drive. A few moments later. Why don't you push the Mustang back? One hour later. Like, why are you out there? 
Leave your car and drive straight. Two hours later. Why do people stop? You don't stop in the snow. You keep moving. Why would you stop? Turn your tires right, turn your tires left. No. Six hours later. Don't go near the hill. There's snow. Eventually. And after we got through the yeah. traffic, it was white knuckle driving. I now see what you're talking about. You were hitting some octaves yeah. there that I haven't heard in a little while. <laughs> I was so mad that for those who don't remember that, it took me uh, about four hours to drive what is no traffic and 11 minute drive. What? Yeah. That was one of the bad snow days in Toronto, which means about six inches, right? Like Toronto was preparing for <laughs> Armageddon today. <laughs> with six inches and a city literally an hour down the road buffalo had six feet of snow mm -hmm. and they didn't whine as much as toronto toronto was already canceling bus services this morning and there was no snow oh, yeah, on the there's flights canceled there's flights canceled there, are there flights yeah, canceled yeah. i mean that could be ice build up that's kind of sort of something different yeah, safety first safety first i got I, I i don't know but toronto that. in this they don't even put on snow tires in toronto i mean it's just idiotic drivers left right and center i'm hung up on the four hours for an 11 minute drive like what what happened nope. you still remember it like it was yesterday what do you mean what happened i just you just saw no, a I, video I, no, of I know, me describing like, i know the idiots in the mustang without you, their snow know, tires but you were yelling and then what happened so like i drove just, up the dvp you know where that is yes, in toronto and you know that i live at lawrence and Victoria Park. It's very, it's very bad. It's and very, it's very bad. It's an 11-minute drive, <laughs> and there was like a foot of snow on the ground, maybe 12 inches, and it came to an absolute stop. Like no like, accident, no, no. Oh, there was accidents. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there that, that was a ton sense. of accidents, and then people couldn't, people couldn't get up the hill uh, at a bridge area where there's like a slight hill. You need snow tires and four-wheel drive. That's it. Bingo has been called. In every other city in this country, people change from the regular tires mm -hmm. to snow tires in the winter. In Toronto... Next time that happens, get some video so evidence. Because would it would be so funny if you just had your phone open I was, for uh, four hours. I was doing Instagram Live. On the journey. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was. You were doing Instagram Live uh, the four... Okay. All right. I wasn't going anywhere. We got to get Zuckerberg online, get the archives out. I was literally in a stop... Mm -hmm. Like, it was just, you weren't going anywhere. Yeah, that's terrible. There was a point where I thought I was sleeping in the car. Because I know you, you like driving when there's, like, no traffic. But when that happens, yeah, that I was, can... That yeah. was the complete opposite yeah. of no yeah. traffic. I can imagine <laughs> that that would have been painful for you. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> All right, enough. Let's do first things first. Let's get on with the show, Garth Snow. Ah. Uh, See what I did there? Yeah, yeah very well very done. Good. Thanks, well played. <laughs> All right, let's uh, begin first things first with the Toronto Raptors. You suffered another oh. loss, this time... To the Sacramento Kings, the Raps have now lost three in a row in six of their last eight games. And Tim, yesterday you talked about how big a game this was for the Raptors. You mentioned it multiple times, and they fell short. What is the most concerning part of all of this for you? All of it. Okay. All of this is the most concerning part for me. That Freddie and Scotty had good games, maybe their best game of the season respectively, and they still lost. To the Kings, who were playing their fourth game in six nights, and the second half of back-to-back. So, albeit they got some rest in Philadelphia because they got their ass whooped. But, they're also outscored 33 from the three-point line. Like, Tyler Hero had three more 
triples than the entire Raptors squad last night. Yeah. They're last in the league in three-point shooting over something like the last two months or so. All of it, all of it, Jesse, that yesterday was the start of 13 straight games against teams above 500, and the Toronto Raptors are 4-9 against those teams above 500 so far this season. Do the math here. If they are two games under 500 right now, where do they end up after the next dozen against teams mm -hmm. above 500, especially with some real injuries? Like, when that's done, it's not good, right? Yes. If they're already two games below 500. So, so walk a road with me here. Mm -hmm. Like, we've been telling you that given some of the contracts on this team, some of the player options on this team, this was always going to be kind of a make or break season yep. for the Toronto Raptors and it's getting about that time where you ask what is the ceiling of this group and if that ceiling isn't high enough for Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webbs who have stated in the past they play to win games they play to win championships if that's not in the cards for this team is there a possibility that we could see a Maasai-like, big, brass, guts-type deal to reshape this team. What does that look like? Well, that's a wonderful question. I, I think that Gary Trent is as good as gone. He's in the doghouse right now, too. Like, 24 minutes last night? Well, well let's be honest here. You've said this to me a couple times. What does he do well? Shoots. Okay. He shoots the three-pointer all of 0.2% better than Scotty Barnes mm -hmm. and about 1% better than Pascal Siakam. Mm -hmm. He shoots sometimes. He defends really well sometimes. And if you think you can get all of that from him, good on you. Go do it. My question is not Gary Trent Jr., I think that there are a lot of teams out there that might be interested in Gary Trent Jr. And if you are 10th in the East and he has a player option that he's probably going to decline for next year, you have to think about it. Yeah. I mean, I would think uh, if they were truly showcasing him, they'd probably be playing him more, wouldn't they? Like at this point, 25 minutes no, a night probably isn't going to get it Because you still think you got a chance this year. Right. They're not at that point yet where they're willing to showcase guys in order to make the trade. Right. There's um, no tank going on. My question is not Gary Trent Jr. My question is, is it more? Fred. Do you think about Fred Van Vliet? And listen, uh -huh. he has a player option. I absolutely love Fred Van Vliet. I love his game. I've talked about how I have full confidence that he will find the game. And yep. last night, guess what? He found the game. I love what he brings culture-wise. I love his work ethic. I love his intelligence. I love what he brings to the table in toughness. You have to look at things like this. These are the tough decisions that Masai made on the way to a championship. Is it OG? How many playoff teams would absolutely love to have OG Ananobi added to their roster as a defender and a guy that can shoot it? Like, listen, I know this is controversial, but it was also controversial when I said it about DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. And they made that deal. And what happened after they made that deal? They won an NBA championship. So these are the tough decisions that separate the contenders from the pretenders. And 
What we're going to find out over these next dozen games for the Raptors is if they are indeed contenders or just pretenders this year, and then what do you do moving forward? The, do you think it is an unfair expectation? I know it's, it's, it's Masai's job to make the team better. But do you think because of what he did with Kawhi and the result that happened afterwards winning a championship, do you think it's an unfair expectation to think that perhaps he would make a move of that magnitude again? Because those don't come around very often, and we haven't really seen them in the league, quite frankly. That's one of the bigger trades we've seen in the last number of years. So do you think people are, maybe other GMs are going to be afraid to be slighted by Masai because they saw that happen. Yeah, they've already got the Masai It'll be harder tax. to pull off, and like it's, it's because it's harder to pull off. Maybe it's it's hard to expect him to do yeah, that like again. James Dolan and the New York Knicks won't make a deal yes. with Masai Ujiri because they're worried of yes. it. But that's what separates the great franchises yeah. from the good franchises and the absolutely terrible franchises. Mm-hmm. That they're worried about the PR on the moves that you know you have to make in order to be really good. Yeah. And if you want to be good, we've seen that from the Raptors for basically the last decade, save for the Tampa Tank. They've been a good franchise with one really good year. It just so happened to be the year that they got Kawhi. Is Pascal Siakam that dude? Is OG Ananobi that dude? Can Fred Van Vliet be a piece? We already know that. Mm-hmm. We are, he already won a championship as a very valuable piece. Same with Pascal Siakam. Can they lead a team? Have they been given enough to find out whether or not they can lead a team? Are the injuries that we have seen on this squad debilitating them enough to say, let's give them past the deadline to figure out if Otto Porter Jr. can give them the kind of shooting that they need? Yeah. Right? Like, those are all the questions that the Raptors have to go to before they hit the deadline. Uh, one last thing on the Raptors uh, before we move on, and this kind of ties with the next point I want to bring up. Uh, you mentioned the schedule that they have against teams with a record above 500. Yeah. Do you not feel, just from watching the NBA this year, do you not feel like there's fewer, ga- fewer nights where there are sure victories on the docket? And the reason I say yeah, that is well, because... Yeah, well, no one's winning on the road. Yeah. I mean, there are mostly, like, not every team's good, but there are a lot of good teams in the NBA this year, particularly in the East, so it makes it harder and exposes teams. You have an off night, you're going to lose to a quote-unquote bad team that aren't that bad anymore. And I say that because the Raptors lost twice to the Magic, and we were talking about Bull Bull. And does it make you feel any better that they lost to the Magic when you see Bull Bull? Well, they've won four in a row in this play yesterday. A.K.A. Victor Wembanyama light. Like, (laughs) everyone's so excited about Victor Wembanyama. Like, the dude's already in the league. Look at what is this. This guy's 7-2. And he was hitting threes. I know. I showed this highlight to my 12-year-old son earlier today, and he said, it looks like Giannis. Yeah. (laughs) That's Bull Bull. It does. He's a little little skinnier than uh, than Giannis. He's a little bit skinnier and a little bit taller than Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. But skills are out of control, and it's like, the teams that are supposed to be bad, like the Magic, yeah. have Paolo Banquero and Bull Bull well, doing that. There's another one on the list, too, is the Golden State Warriors who are coming through, and they are 10th in the West, and they are terrible on the road. Mm-hmm. And you look at that schedule, and you go, oh, that's a loss against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, but hold on a second. Steph Curry. Also hurt last night. They're 2-13 and 13 on the road. And we got an update on what happened to Steph Curry. 
Steph Curry has sustained a uh, labral injury in his left shoulder and will be reevaluated in two weeks. Uh, that's coming from a, a Shams update a little bit after Woj had this tweet that you're just seeing. Uh, so reevaluated in two weeks is, is not great. And for a shooter, one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter of all time, a shoulder injury and specifically a labral injury is never a good thing. No, not at all. And listen, that's not his uh, his shooting shoulder, but he still needs a shoulder to play yeah. basketball <laughs> yeah, and dribble does. and cross over yeah. and all those. Other. I heard people say, well, it's not his shooting shoulder. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, he's a basketball player yeah. that goes to the rim like and lays it. Yes, he needs the off shoulder. <laughs> oh, you heard for, people say that. I for, said it to you about two minutes before the show. <laughs> 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 that's so good. I wasn't blowing you up. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very good. Yeah, I saw well it done. online, Jesse. Yeah, that's where I saw it oh, online. Man. Hopefully he didn't uh, tear his uh, or have his labral injury from patting himself on, on the back. back. Yeah. yeah he's not that joke. Dude. It wasn't that good. He's not that dude. Uh, uh, but no, a tough loss for a, a Warriors team already reeling. Hey, if, if we're talking about trades, like that could be a trade partner for the Toronto Raptors because they're not rebuilding unless they go into full tank mode. Yeah. What's Draymond Green's future? Oh, we don't have enough time for all of that. Did you see Draymond's line last night before he got ejected and people are telling him to get his ass out of there? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, though. He talks too much. Gets him in trouble. Yeah, but you also got to play. His line was ridiculously... Like, he's a great player on a really good team. They're not a really good team right now. What do you do with them? Trade Avenue, perhaps. Michael Grange coming up, as Tim mentioned, a little bit later in the show. We will continue the NBA conversation. But for now... That's what I was suggesting the whole time, Jesse. It's a busy night. That's what I said. It's a busy night on the ice tonight. The Habs, Leafs, Jets, and Oilers are all in action. Plus, Ovechkin can tie Gordie Howe with his 801st goal, a game you can watch on Sportsnet. Meanwhile, in action last night, the Canucks and Sens stayed hot, but the hockey world was buzzing. Yes. Wait till we get to some of the social media replies here. After Ryan Reeves delivered a huge open ice hit on Philip Roenick. Some thought Roenick should have kept his head up, while others suggested they don't want these hits in the game. Where do you stand on this one? Uh, there's no doubt Roenick should have kept his head up. Like, I mean, you cannot peek behind you like that. What the hell was he looking for? I know there was a little bit of a back check there, but you can't yeah. turn back with Ryan Reeves on the ice. Dear God, did he pay for that peak? Remember all that paradox talk that we had yesterday, Jesse, mm-hmm. about the tension of duality? Like, can I be against unnecessary brain damage and still love that hit? Can I say when I was a kid, Bob Probert was my favorite player on planet Earth, and he's dead now? Like, Reeves was vicious, and it was by the book a legal hit. Like, the tension of duality, the nuance is lost in these Twitter debates. Like, we can both like the hit and be concerned about player safety. I know that's not the conversation on social media, but real-life convo, that was the vast majority of us, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do you have some of that feedback that we saw? Oh, yeah. On Twitter? All right, so before I get to the rest of what I want to say mm-hmm. on that, let me, let me have you read some of what we got back when we threw out a tweet last night about this hit. Stop me whenever you want, but these are some good responses, a wide okay. array, or array of responses. Uh, Charles says, not a clean hit, as the head was the main point 
of contact. Right, and we'll that get into that. Already is kind of debatable. The couch GM. This might sound crazy, but I think it's a clean hit. What's wrong in hockey is players don't think these hits are still in the game, but they are. Yeah. We have to do better to teach younger guys to keep their head up. Very well said. Racks. Uh, players need to keep their heads up. It's not beer league out there, though many players skate around like it is. Truba, Darlene, Reeves have all been laying people out in the middle of the ice. It appears some skaters forgot they can be hit. Dave, is it a league where you try and blow guys up or score goals? You can hit someone without trying to end their career, hmm. whether he shouldn't be looking back or not. The words Reeves used show he has no respect for anyone else playing. Funny thing, no one pays him or no one pays to watch him play. Eh, there's a few people that really enjoy watching Ryan Reeves play. Yes, uh, people that enjoyed watching that hit, I would think, too. Marco, I agree that it was a clean hit in his day. Scott Stevens would be in jail for attempted murder if he laid that Korea hit in 2023. So unequivocally, no, this isn't a clean hit anymore, and it shouldn't be. Yeah, we'll get. To, he's referring to the Darren McCarty tweet. We'll get yes. to that in a flash a little later on. Dallas, this is a clean hit. Any day, any era, any age group should be shown at hitting classes. Literally can't make a better hit. <laughs> These are the guys we need out of the league immediately. He brings no value to any game, a goon with no talent. And then finally, David says, ban him because Ronick is on my fantasy team. <laughs> Only because. Only because All right, listen, it's a contact game. There will be contact. We talked about whether or not you want big hits in the game after Truba on a fantasy, which was referenced in those tweets. Mm -hmm. So what about this one? Well, I say if you want this hit out of the league, the NHL has to change the rules because currently that is a legal hit in this league. Rule 48.1, a hit resulting in contact with an opponent's head where the head was the main point of contact and such contact to the head was avoidable is not permitted so how do you figure that one out it's in the actual rule book one whether the player attempted to hit squarely through the opponent's body and the head was not picked as a result of poor timing poor angle of approach or unnecessary extension of the body upward or mm. outward and two whether the opponent has put himself in a vulnerable position by assuming a posture that made the head contact on an otherwise full body check unavoidable letter of the law jesse that's a clean hit well you mentioned the darren mccarty one and uh, why don't i pull that up clean hit in my day reeves doesn't do anything but his job and destroys ronick being a smaller player and leaning forward in the middle of the ice makes you a target that's clean and accepted in 1995 my issue is with NHL because I was told they cared about headshots. Yeah, everyone took that to say that Darren McCarty says that's a clean hit. What Darren McCarty said, I, I, I'm tired of listening to people weighing in on this who have never suffered the consequences. Darren McCarty has suffered the consequences mm -hmm, of this, mm -hmm. and he's saying the NHL cares about headshots. If you care about headshots, you need to change the rule. If you don't, and you're okay with what you saw last night, then leave it as it is. And from what I have seen over the last little while, the NHL cares about seeing that hit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's really no way to have a hit like that and not have some sort of trauma. Like, it's, it's right. basically impossible. That's, that's correct. And in, and in the, I, the IIHF, that hit is illegal mm -hmm. because you just can't hit someone in the head. And there's a bunch of people who will watch and go, well, how can he avoid it? And you know what? Sometimes you can't. Yes. And that's penalized anyway. It's like a high stick that hits a face. Sometimes it's an accident. Mm -hmm. 
Sometimes it's unavoidable. Sometimes your teammate still hits get you the, the penalty. Face. Sometimes your teammate hits you in the face on the bench. <laughs> Sitting on the bench, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, Anthony Stewart coming up a little right. bit later. We'll do this with him to sure. do it all over again. Yeah. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays officially announced the signing of Kevin Kiermaier today to a one-year deal worth nine million dollars. There's been lots of speculation about how the Jays' outfield will shake out this offseason, and Kiermaier shed some light on his role in that outfield this afternoon. When it came to roll, they said they want me to play pretty much every day. They want me manning center field out there, uh, getting my rest when I need to. But there were no platoon talks or anything like that. It seems like it's my job to lose, I guess you could say. And I'm going to do everything in my power to go out there and, and play gold glove caliber defense and do what I can offensively to just be a nice compliment to an already great offensive team. Um, I got a lot left more in the tank, and that's what I'm – working on right now, but opportunity-wise, no, no other team was was talking um, anywhere near the Blue Jays. Are you comfortable with the Jays' outfield as it shakes out right now, or should they keep adding? No, not really. I, I still think they need the big left-handed bat. Like, I don't know how that works in, or if that's a DH, or if you're going to platoon that guy with other people. Uh, Kiermaier is going to need rest. He's coming off of surgery. George Springer, we know, uh, is going to need rest. So you've got some DHs there. But I, I, I think you need another big left-handed bat uh, in this lineup. I don't care where you put it, if it's the outfield or not. But it makes sense that it could and maybe should be in the outfield. Mm -hmm. Hip surgery, like that's not a good in injury either for a guy who's a really good defender and does built some on damage speed. on the base pass yeah, too. Built on speed? Yeah. yeah. I tend to agree. Over 30? Uh, Anything else? No, that's it. I'm just <laughs> sure. Yeah. Those are all valid points. I don't want to stop you. I don't want to stop you. We'll see. It's not done. Spring training still a few days away from now. Uh, we'll see if Kiermaier's <laughs> right or they do add. Still to come. Anthony Stewart, as mentioned, helps us tee up the night on the ice. Leafs, Oilers, Habs, Jets. Ovi, all in action. Brandon Stokely had a week 15 in the National Football League. And after the break, Raptors struggle to continue. We will talk to Michael Grange deal with the issues next right here on Timmy Friends. Barnes to inbound it. Here's Fred turns, fires through. No. You got to go to the drawing board and figure out what's happening. Goff going deep, wide open, touchdown. Lions win for the fifth time of the last six games. And right now, Detroit is about as hot of a team as anybody. Is it hurts or the team? <laughs> I think it's, it's system and team. I think it's a little bit of both, man. It's Kevin Carter, holds, back to score, Tavares, and the streak goes on. A shot, they score! Alexander Ovechkin has done it! 800 goals! Three-point game with 5.9 to go. Barnes to inbound it. Here's Fred, turns, fires, three. No. And that's going to do it. And the Raptors fall for just the fourth time on their home floor. Now you got to go to the drawing board and figure out what's happening. And they got to figure that out because they've lost three in a row, six of eight, and the Raptors find themselves two games below 500 with their next dozen coming against teams above 500. Here to help us figure it out 
is my friend and yours, Michael Grange of Sportsnet. Michael, good day to you, sir. Well, it's not that good a day, but thank you for having me yeah, on. It's kind of ugly where we live right now. Uh, Jesse, Jesse asked me earlier what the most concerning part of all this was, and I said all of it. <laughs> What's your outlook on the Toronto Raptors right now, even though we both kind of know it's still a little early? Um, I guess my main concern would be in two critical areas of the game, like really, really, really important. They're terrible. Um, they've been kind of terrible all season. Um, they're sort of a worse version of bad that they were a year ago, and they're trending in the wrong direction. And so obviously I'm talking about three-point shooting. They were not a great three-point shooting team last year, not a great shooting team last year. And, you know, as we all know now, but they've, for about six weeks, they've been the worst shooting team in the NBA. Um, the one that doesn't get quite as much attention because it kind of gets obscured with, you know, how many turnovers they cause and how disruptive they can be is how easy it is to score on this team. And, and I mean, uh, you know, I talked to multiple opposing assistant coaches in the past few weeks, and they all kind of say the same thing is if you can be patient, if you can kind of weather the storm of, of their traps and how much they want to pressure you up the floor, it's you're, you're going to be playing against, uh, you know, a four on three advantage usually. There you, the Raptors are usually going to be in rotations and you should be able to get an open shot. And, you know, if you look at, so the number that really jumps out at me is they're in the bottom three or four of the league in terms of opponents effective field goal percentage. Right. So uh, that's, and you look at the teams that are there, they're bad teams. Um, and so that's the company you're keeping. And I think that to me is in some ways even more concerning okay so the injuries don't help certainly but are we starting to figure out what kind of ceiling this group has i think the ceiling for this group um you know i think it when we were thinking about it and i would be among them at the beginning of the year you're realizing it was a very optimistic version of what it could be and so you look at those names og ananobi you know, he's had an awesome year, but he's shooting below what his career average would be three. I think from three. Preston Sachua was supposed to be, you know, a sixth or seventh man, yeah. an impact, maybe even a starter by this point. And we saw how he, he shot 40% from three to finish the season. People were plugging that in. Fred Van Vliet, um, you know, a high volume, 40% uh, three-point shooter. That hasn't been in place. Pascal Siakam, as good as he's been, there, you know, there was hope that his three-point shooting would improve. It's only improved marginally. And you know, we're all forgetting Otto Porter because he's never been around to remember. Right. Um, he was added to kind of fix some of these gaps that are so glaring right now. So um, basically, you know, I think you have to revise the ceiling down because the best case scenario hasn't materialized. And I think hmm. it's a little bit, I don't want to say naive, but you can't plan for the best case scenario. And I think we're seeing uh, what happens when, uh, some of those things don't unfold. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is the whole, we're going to play a bunch of 6'9 guys. I wonder how much of that is Otto Porter Jr. being out. And these these are all tough things to try and figure out with a team who has some kind of uh, looming contracts on the horizon. And I, I don't want to radio you. That's not my intent. I hope <laughs> you know that's never my intent. Two guys just talking basketball, so I will use me, my idea. I said it last segment. But I'm starting to wonder if Masai is contemplating another Sam Cassell celebration type move, like, I mean, a cojones type deal. Is, is that a ridiculous thought, Mike? I, I don't think it's ridiculous. I mean, I think it's got to be on his 
menu for his decision-making tree is, is I think he does have to, and Bobby Webster, they both have to acknowledge that there are going to be some tough uh, decisions that have to be made. And so do you want to be proactive or not? I think we would agree that Masai Ujiri is a, is a fairly proactive guy, but he's also a very patient guy. So um, I don't, I would say it's unlikely just because these kinds of moves are always unlikely that you're going to see a big move with one of your core that's really going to change the shape or the trajectory of this team in the next two months between now and the trade deadline. But I certainly wouldn't rule it out. I know, I can't say I know, but I'd be very confident to say that Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster wouldn't rule that out because as you that graphic shows, um, you know, the economic realities of the NBA are going to be pressing forward and you've got Van Vliet and Siakam, 29 years old, they're looking for extensions. You have four or five other key key rotation pieces that are either going to be looking for extension, heading for free agency, either next summer or the year after. You can't keep them all, and you certainly aren't going to keep them all if they as a group show they can't perform at a level that maybe gets to a conference final at the minimum. If I'm not so mistaken, I think if, go ahead. No, no, you. That's, I'm good. You go ahead. I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, there's there's two player options for next year: Gary Trent Jr. and uh, and Fred VanVleet. Do, do you see right. either of them exercising that player option? Because I don't. Well, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, the one, you know, the one thing the Raptors have been shown to do is with their free agents is they'll they'll kind of let guys go out and see what the market has for them and you know you don't have to even look too far past to to uh kyle lowry for example both times he went to free agency right. he ended up kind of sniffing around sniffing around and found it was a lot the grass was a lot greener here in toronto so um you know i i think that fred van vliet would be unlikely to pick up his 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 option and gary trent given his age and the fact that his primary skills in such high demand it would be almost un very unlikely he'll pick up his option. So either way, they're going to get more expensive. Right. Either way, they're going to get more expensive or you have to decide where you are at the trade deadline and what you might be able to get back for them. Uh, Robert Williams coming back for the Celtics. Like it, it seems like this is going to be a big hill for the Raptors to climb in the Eastern Conference. It, would you adjust, but a minute here, would you adjust where your ceiling is now given what we're seeing on the horizon um, like, where, where do you see this team uh, better case scenario after, you know, around deadline time? I mean, I think if, if they can kind of shake this off quickly and as I was talking about off the top, kind of return to some of these optimistic projections, mm -hmm. you know, sixth place isn't out of the question. I mean, it's there, but um, I wouldn't bet on that. And I would have I would have bet it up, bet on that uh, prior to the season. Right. So all of a sudden you're going, okay, is if we're in the play-in tournament, if we're in the bottom half of the play-in tournament, um, is it really worth, uh, you know, investing and maybe not realizing or at least inquiring as to what some asset management might do for us uh, long term uh, or in the intermediate term? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it just hasn't gone off. The the season just hasn't gone the way everyone was hoping. It's not over yet, obviously. No. But, um, you know, the, the margin for error we've seen is smaller than we might have imagined. And I think, you know, you can look at this team and go, it needs more. Right. Um, even in the best case scenario, it needs more to be among the top teams in the East. 
And, uh, you know, the real question is, how do you get, how do you bridge that gap? Do you have to take a step backwards to get there? Without a doubt. Uh, Michael, appreciate the, uh, appreciate the conversation. No was that and hope I didn't radio you. <laughs> Never, man. I, I've been on the radio. It's all good. <laughs> uh, there is Michael Grange, Sportsnet. Check out his stuff at sportsnet.ca. Uh, radio is a, is a term where you have a conversation about <laughs> hypotheticals. Someone grabs that, puts it on the internet as if you were saying it, even though it was a hypothetical conversation. It's actually good you're explaining it because you, yeah. you, you do often refer to radio. Well, you, you, av you avoid, you tell the uh, guest that you are trying to avoid radioing them. Right, but we all know working in this business that there's no way to avoid radio. <laughs> yeah. Someone's just going to take a little snippet of what you said, put it on the internet, exactly. and you end up getting... Yes. Radio. That's the way it is. On the other side, week 15 in the NFL kicking off tonight. Pretty damn good game. Brock Purdy apparently going to play. Can he keep the Niners and Pretty their good. red hot streak going? Pretty good. <laughs> and can the Bills lock up the AFCs against the Dolphins on Saturday? We'll do all that next with Brandon Stokely. Pretty good. <laughs> Welcome back, friends. Week 15 NFL gets underway tonight. Let's take a look at some of the odds powered by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. 49ers winners of six straight three point favorites in Seattle to kick off the week tonight. And don't forget, kids, three games kicking off Saturday as the NFL exploits the lack of NCAA games. Brown small favorites at home to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson has been ruled out of that game. Bills touchdown favorites in a big one against the Dolphins and on Sunday it's a pick 'em between the Lions and the Jets as the pressure heats up. Our next guest laughs in the face of that pressure as many including yours truly were mystified by the line between the Lions and the Vikings last week but our Bet Rivers ambassador friend of the show and vet of 15 seasons in the league, Brandon Stokely. Welcome back, my friend, first off. And before we do anything, I need to show you why Stokely laughs in the face of that pressure, because he sees into the future, friends. The Lions, I mean, unbelievable uh, what they've been able to do this year and how they've been able to bounce back after a slow start. And now they're favored against a two-loss team. Are you kidding me? I love it. And the Lions are going to win. Oh, look win at and cover. Look at this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Mr. Stokely, we have we have one button on our on our little soundboard here for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The, I hey, love the Lions it. are real, aren't they? They are. That's a real football team. They, they're starting to believe. They're getting the confidence. They know they can win close games now. Uh, they're a fun team to watch. They can score offensively with anyone in the league. Defensively, they're starting to get up to speed a little bit. Um, and they, they're playing some meaningful games down the stretch, and they're going to be fun to watch. They are going to be fun to watch. Speaking of that, Thursday night, it should be a fun one. Uh, Brock Purdy expected to play if he wins tonight. Do we drop the Mr. Irrelevant title? Yeah, I think you do. You got to start believing. That would be, you know, really three uh, weeks in a row, three games in a row, although he, he came in that first one uh, halfway through there, uh, first quarter, whatever it was that Jimmy G got hurt. But you got to start believing with what you're seeing. The moment's not too big for the guy. Really love what he's been doing. Kyle Shanahan's going to dial things up for him nicely. He doesn't have to win the football game. Just make a few plays, and that's what he's doing. So, um 
got to start being a believer. If he goes into Seattle and is able to make a few plays and, and win that football game, how can you not believe in Brock Purdy? Yeah, banged up, 12th man. Like, this is uh, this is all kind of real deal stuff for a kid who's, uh, whose first NFL start came in an ass-whooping of Tom Brady. That's pretty damn good, eh? Not a bad way to start your career, you know, <laughs> beat a guy like Tom Brady and not just beat him, destroy him. And, yeah. man, he played good, made some big-time throws in that game. Yeah, he did. All right, so I, I, I may be a little biased here because I was a big fan of RG3's game. But I've, I've watched Kyle Shanahan's career and a lot of his backs, quarterbacks, running backs, get hurt. You have been around it. Can a coach push too hard? Is, is he one of those coaches? And, and be honest, you can tell me to relax. I don't mind at all. I got my big boy pants on, according to, uh, to Greg Popovich. Are, are there dudes like that that just push too hard and end up getting guys hurt? I'm going to tell you to relax, Tim. Look, right. um, it's football. Right. I mean, you got to you call the game to try to win it. I mean, guys are going to get hurt. Uh, I saw Jerry Rice being a little critical of what Kyle Shanahan's doing. Certainly with your quarterback, you have to be careful with uh, running them too much. Uh, but the game has changed. Mobile quarterbacks are here to stay. And uh, that's just part of the game. But when you look at, you know, your running backs and your receivers and how you use them, it's football. It's, you know, these guys are getting paid a lot of money. You got to use them. You can't always think about, well, I don't want to call this play for my running back or my receiver because they might get hurt. Uh, I don't think that's the way you can approach the game. So um, sometimes, unfortunately, guys do get hurt. All right. Fair enough. Like I said, I got the big boy pants on. Uh, the, Seahawks, <laughs> the Seahawks started strong, but it feels like their season's on the line here, no? Yeah, I mean, uh, they're treading water right now, yeah. uh, obviously. And they got a huge game against the 49ers on Thursday night football. Um, you know, I think they can still lose it and find a way to to make it into the playoffs. You probably have to win out. I mean, Lions are coming on. You see the Giants and the Commanders there will be playing this week. They both have that tie from a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, look, down the stretch here. And they probably can lose maybe one more. And uh, obviously, you got a tough one against the 49ers on Thursday night football. So, um, but I, I still think that they can drop this one and still make it into the playoffs. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, that's two disagrees here. I'm not counting, but two disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mentioned the Saturday games are back. Uh, Bills and Dolphins obviously headline the day. Buffalo had some questions asked of them, and, and they've reeled off four wins in a row. I feel like the Dolphins are now in the spot where they're having questions asked of them. Do you think they have the same kind of response that Buffalo had in them? Well, not this week. Not against yeah. Buffalo. In Buffalo, it's cold. Uh, <laughs> you know, Miami people don't like cold weather. Um, just like, you know, me, Louisiana people don't like cold weather. So, <laughs> it, I, I, I think they can respond. I think they do make it into the playoffs. But I don't know if this is the week. They've had a tough three-week stretch that no one seems to be talking about. They went out. They had to play a tough 49ers team on the road. They stayed out in California for the whole week. They played the Chargers um, a week later. Now they go home on a short week and, and, and have to go back to play a freezing cold game in the Buffalo. So the last three weeks for, for the Dolphins hasn't been easy. Um, and and there have been some tough teams that they've gone against all on the road. So they've had a tough schedule. Uh, but I don't think this is the week that all of a sudden they bounce back and get a victory. Buffalo's feeling good right now. It's at their place, and it's going to be cold. That's Buffalo football, not Miami football. <laughs> yeah. All right, before I let you go, Cowboys star Micah Parsons, we played this earlier on the show, said some stuff about Jalen Hurts and how it wasn't about him but the system and the team that makes Hurts what is. 
the MVP favorite right now. My, my question is not like what you think about whether it's hurts the system. It's how do you think the Eagles respond to hearing something like that said about what is the odds-on favorite to win the MVP right now? Well, if you need any more motivation, you need anything to get you refocused, uh, that's it, right? That's, that's what you're looking for if you're Nick Sirianni, the head coach for the Eagles. It's like you put that thing up there, hey, disrespecting our team. They think it's, um, you know, they're disrespecting our quarterback. And you see the Cowboys here in a couple weeks, the Eagles do, uh, yeah. which could come down to be a, a huge game for that division um, because they haven't, the Eagles haven't won it yet. You know, they still they still holding on. They got a two-game lead, but they do face the Cowboys in a couple weeks. Uh, but I think it's more than just the system. I think Jalen Hurts, is, he, he obviously, he's got some talent around him. But, man, he is playing great football. So let's not take anything away from that. And that will be bulletin board uh, bulletin board material Excuse me, got for you. the Eagles moving forward, certainly. I got you. Uh, do you have any predictions for this week, or are we just going to sit on the <laughs> Lions one? I have to ask before we go. Oh, we're going to stick with the Lions. Lions all day. Oh, Lions are going to roar against the Jets. You know, one point, two points, pick them, whatever it is. Lions will continue to roar, continue to ride with the Lions uh, until they until they show me otherwise. That's awesome. Uh, maybe we'll check with you next week, my friend. I love it. Appreciate right. you, Tim. Thanks, uh, man. Appreciate you. There is Brandon Stokely, 15 seasons in the league, joining us here on Tim and Friends. Time for a quick break on the other side. We'll go around the rinks in New York, Edmonton, and Washington to set up the games of the night. Plus, Stewie, Anthony Stewart with his thoughts on the Leafs, Oilers, Ovi, and Reeves. Come on. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Back here, final half an hour on Tim and Friends. Hockey Central will take over at 6.30 Eastern. Before that, we've got Anthony Stewart dropping by ahead of a night full of talking points in the National Hockey League, including the Toronto Maple Leafs, who will look to make it 16 straight games with at least a point which would tie a franchise record as they face the Rangers on Broadway. Speaking of streaks, we're going streaking with Mitch Marner. He can extend his franchise record point streak now 23 games heading into this one with more on it. Let's go to Madison Square Garden. Standing by a New York state of mind, Sean McKenzie. Sean. Timmy, welcome inside Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in the world. An absolutely beautiful ice surface, an unbelievable place to watch a game. But because it is also a notorious and maybe fickle place to get permission to shoot, you are looking at just a <laughs> part of the famous roof. It's a but famous I, roof, I tr Believe me, believe me, down below here is the ice surface, where, as you mentioned, <laughs> Mitch Murner will look to keep the streak alive he has been red hot as of late but it's interesting when they downplayed it when he was trying to set the franchise record there was a part of me that was not necessarily believing it because when he did ultimately beat the record we saw the excitement we saw the emotion come through from him and his teammates now when asked about it I, I tend to believe that they aren't thinking about it nearly as much Mitch Marner mentioned that it's just another game for him Sheldon Keefe also saying that what you're seeing is just Mitch Marner play like Mitch Marner the streak isn't really any different than what we've seen in the past it's just maybe a tiny bit more consistent so they're just 
excited about the way they've been playing. You mentioned that they're trying to string together more points in 16 straight games. So I think it's just an exciting time for the Maple Leafs, but they're not exactly thinking too much about the Mitch Marner streak. What I'm excited about, though, is we're media members and we love free stuff. I think you know that. <laughs> so when we got to MSG oh, today, they gave us this bag. Yeah. And what's in the bag, you ask? Yeah. Well, I have an answer for you. Hey, Sean, um, what's in the bag? A blanket. Not a, it's a little fold-up blanket. I'm going to nestle into this during the oh, game. Oh, nice little, yeah, a little cuddle. You and David Alter. A luggage, a luggage tag. <laughs> what? A notebook. I write a lot of notes, poetry, song yeah. lyrics. Yeah. A lot yeah. of stuff. I've seen you do um, slam poetry, yeah. It, it's very good. <laughs> uh, bacterial wipes. It's important. Have you Mints. ever gotten a gift bag going into a press box, Jesse? No. no never. <laughs> Uh, is it just because you're big time, Mackenzie? No, I think everyone got a $25 meal voucher, which is the most important thing. There's right. so many, there's like, you know, there's lots of different options out here. And my <laughs> yeah. favorite, yeah. these what? bad boys. Really? What? They block 30% of blue light. The 70% uh. getting through is probably doing lots of damage, <laughs> but that 30% is yeah. it's saving my eyes. Understood. This is outstanding stuff. You look you like glasses? Clark Kent with those glasses on. I don't know. I've never seen that. Give giving them glasses? glasses, yeah. Hey, hey listen, thanks and for this. And the notebook. And if, and, yeah, the notebook. Sean, when I think Sean McKenzie, I think the notebook. <laughs> All right, Sean, thanks for doing this, buddy. Uh, if I'm a bird, you're a bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the notebook. Oh, boy, right. Uh, in Edmonton, the Oilers hosting the Blues. You can see it on Sportsnet West, regionally 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Stuart Skinner will be back in the net for the Oilers after Jack Campbell played last time out against the Preds with more on the Oilers. Let's send it to Gene Principe in Edmonton. Gene. Tim, the big story, the ongoing story, the never-ending story about the Edmonton Oilers often revolves around two guys you know, and that is uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and it will be the case again this evening at Rogers Place as they get set to take on the St. Louis Blues. So these two players are number one and two in National Hockey League scoring. Uh, throw McDavid's 59 with Dreisaitl's 51. Even I can do the math on that. 110 points. Now, McDavid is the league leader in points, in assists, but also in goals. Now that's something relatively new. He's got 26 this season. And one of the things that Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers said about McDavid when it comes to his goal scoring this season is that he's doing more shooting through players. And a perfect example of that was a couple of nights ago when he scored against the Nashville Predators. We know McDavid has scored so many highlight real goals, but sometimes Despite his abilities, he is doing the simple thing in shooting through a player and past a netminder. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Zach Hyman put together 13 points against the Predators to wrap up the Oilers' back-to-back -back game road trip. Hyman with his first hat-trick in 450 games. So stopping that trio will be paramount this evening, Tim, for the Blues as these two teams wrap up their season series. Gino and Edmonton, thank you very much. Canadians back in action, uh, hosting the Ducks after a loss in Ottawa last night. Now, Martin St. Louis was none too happy with the referees after the Habs lost for the fourth time in six games, taking a lot of penalties. A couple of them questionable, looking to bounce back, sporting the reverse retros tonight in Montreal. And Winnipeg Jets host the Preds, trying to snap many two-game slide. Jets also dealing with a little bit of a flu bug going around the team, but some good news 
Rick Bonus saying today that Nick Ehlers could be back in the lineup in two to three weeks if all goes well. Ehlers, despite their great start, has played in just two games this season before suffering a hernia. Connor Hullabach will get the start tonight in that. In Washington, Alexander Ovechkin can tie or pass Gordie Howe on the all-time NHL goals list. Ovi enters the night 800, one back of Howe for second all-time, 94 back of the great one. You can see the game tonight on Sportsnet. We'd normally check in with Sean Reynolds from Winnipeg, but frequent flyer miles. We sent him to potentially witness history in Washington, and he joins us now live from Capital One Arena. Sean, what's going on? Well, Tim, unlike Sean McKenzie, I wasn't, uh, didn't arrive here to a gift bag or anything like that. I guess I'll have to settle for the opportunity to watch history unfold. Although, if Ovi doesn't hit that record tonight, then the next chance for him to do so is Saturday when Sean McKenzie and the Toronto Maple Leafs will roll into town to do it. That guy gets everything. <laughs> Speaking of getting everything, well, it's Alexander Ovechkin gets everything in the back of the net. And there was a stat that kind of blew my mind from Sportsnet stats about the groups of 100 goals that he scored. How weird is that to say? But, you know, 0 to 100, 100 to 200. Well, 700 to 800 was the third fastest he'd closed one of those 100 groups in his entire career. So by no means is he slowing down. How does he do it? Well, there's a little bit of the Russian machine don't break angle to that. There's clearly this outlandish skill that he has. But when it comes down to it, it really is the mindset that he has. And that mindset was on full display when he talked to the media this morning. I proud, uh, you know, uh not for myself, but proud for organization, for fans who have uh, been with us all those years, you know, ups and downs. And uh, obviously, we're still not done. And, um, you know, we just uh, move forward. He's just going about his business like he always does. And, um, you know, he's, he's focused on playing well tonight. And inside of that is going to come the opportunity to shoot the puck. And um, we'll see what happens, but it's not something that comes up. We've got a big game. We've got to keep things moving and chase a playoff spot. But, um, you know, just by who he is and how he plays the game and his ability, um, you know, there's a chance, I guess, on any night it could happen. And gentlemen, speaking of focusing on the game, they are not going to have a pregame ceremony for Ovi hitting that 800 mark. I'm told they have a video queued up and ready to go for the first uh, TV timeout. But you know Ovi, just like he reached that mark in grand fashion with that hat trick, don't be surprised if they're celebrating 801 before they get to that TV timeout. Thank you very much, Sean. Your Tim and Friends gift bag in the mail, my friend. <laughs> Excellent. I can't wait. <laughs> there is Sean Reynolds in Washington. You can see that game tonight on Sportsnet once again. Meanwhile, 2023 Women's World Championships will be held in Brampton, Ontario. This April, a 10-team tournament returns to the greater Toronto area for the first time since 2000. Canada has won six of the last eight titles that were contested in Canada. Meantime, PHF All-Star Weekend will be held in Toronto at the end of January as well. First time that will be held in Canada in its history. Hey, listen, when you have folks on the show enough, they become more than just friends of the show. They almost become family. Anthony Stewart is venturing into that area, and Stewie joins me now. Stewie, welcome back to the show, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. you got to make sure you have one of those uh, big pens in the, the gift bags for everybody. Yeah, we, we do. I know Jesse's got his. Uh, mine is just uh, underneath the desk, and... Uh, 
Oh, there we go. I One, thought I didn't have mine, but two, I got it somewhere. Here. I got it to we'll get it. No problem. Hey, before you find that pen, speaking of family, I know you didn't know that I was going here, but for those who don't know, January 14th, Leon Center, an unbelievable night in Kingston as the Frontenac celebrates Stuart Knight. Anthony and his brother Chris are going to the rafters. I just wanted to say... That's gotta feel awesome. Does it feel that way to you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Sorry there. And it, it, it's funny, you see David Ling's uh, jersey up there too. Yeah. He was actually giving it to me. I played with him during the uh, in the lockout in England. Yes. And he's like, hey, they called you the King of Kingston, but when I was there, they called it Linkston. And he gave me the old <laughs> slapshot smile. So that dude could it's score, definitely a great he? honor. Yeah, it's definitely a great honor, and uh, it's an even better feeling to be going there and to have my number raised into the rafters with my brother. Yeah. And uh, I don't think a lot of people know his story. He was a walk-on. You know, he didn't play hockey, you know, his OHL draft year, and he made the team as a walk-on. He fought. He was in and out of the lineup, waited for his opportunity, and made the most of it and ended up having a better career than me. So to have a hand in that, uh, it's definitely an amazing feeling. And I just want to thank the city of Kingston, the organization of Kingston, and I'm forever grateful for that. I, I tell the kids growing up in the borough of Scars that they would have both of their numbers go up to the rafters in Kingston on the same night. What would you have said as a 10 or 12 or 14-year-old? Not a chance. Not a chance. But it's, it's you know, you, you want to make the National Hockey League, but you want to have a legacy. And you really don't think about that until you're done playing. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've been asking Kingston, I think, for the last couple of years, hey, can you guys send me a, a highlight video? And I think they have a reason now to actually do it. So <laughs> that's the, one of the main things I'm looking forward to, getting right. a highlight tape. Because I don't have any junior highlight tapes. And my NHL highlight tape's probably about 14 seconds long. <laughs> so uh, definitely excited. But it's going to be an amazing night. We're bringing Scarborough down to Kingston, so I nice. hope they're ready. <laughs> yeah, they better be ready. They better be ready. All right, listen, um, I want to talk about the Ryan Reeves hit. It was, it was the conversation all last night. I know you, Carolyn, and the crew, and Jamal were talking about it a little bit along with Sam. 24 hours later, some time to think. What, what do you think of the hit now? And, and maybe even more, Stewie, the reaction to the hit, because that might have been more jarring than the actual hit, and that thing was jarring. Yeah, and it's funny. We we're sort of at a loss for words about it last night on the panel because, you know, I'm looking at Jamal Mayers who made a living the hard way, and I'm like, Jammer, that's that's a regular Tuesday for you, right? So, you know, you're thinking with your quote-unquote dinosaur hockey, uh, you know, person hat on here. But, again, I'm talking now possibly as a coach and a parent uh, of, of four kids that do play hockey. So, uh, for me, I think it's a clean hit, but you got to keep in mind now that you're talking about, you know, uh, systemic brain injuries now for a lot of players now that have some issues play, uh, you know, when they're done playing. But again, when this happened, when I played, the onus would be on the player and that his actual teammates would be keep your head up. If you are skating through the middle and you have Andy Sutton or you have Brian McCabe or you have Kevin McC Chris McAllister, keep your head up because they're coming to get you. So I think right now a lot of the players uh, the younger guys say they, they, they haven't really taken any of these hits or punched in the face in a fight again it is still a full contact sport you have to keep your head up you got to be expecting to get hit right now but again i'm not a big uh, fan of that thing by Sherratt there as well too but again it is a contact sport you don't want to see people get hurt i'm just glad that uh, heronix uh, not too injured there
the the thing that you're talking about with Sherratt, like he eventually someone had to do something, and I don't think anyone wanted to square up Reeves. Like that that's part of the problem here. Is one guys got to keep their head up. I don't know what he was doing looking back in the zone, but this was just like you can't keep doing this to our team. And he took a little bit of a shot because he didn't want to fight him, right? Yeah, it's a great shot by Sherratt, and he's a veteran guy. He doesn't have to do that, but you saw what he did uh, against Toronto, against Wayne Simmons. He's a gamer. He's a guy that's going to stick up, especially for some of the young guys in the league. So, again, it's 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 a we're, we're trending in different territories. I understand that, but, you know, if I got hit by that, I've got Cronwall before as a right. rookie, yeah. and the first thing that my teammates said, hey, man, this is the National League. you got to keep your head up. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs back in action tonight. As mentioned, Marner's streak, point streak. What's been the most impressive part of this run for you? Well, I think it's obviously the Mitch Marner streak going on, what is it, 23 or 24 yeah. games right now. And just being able to to, to consistently uh, drag his team into the fight. There's been some of these games where they're sort of down and out offensively, not really bringing it uh, uh, their A game, but he just finds a way, you know, turning pucks over, getting in on the forecheck, making some, you know, plays that, uh, you know, you haven't seen before right now too. But I think right now, you know, you look at the big four, you know, I know Marner's getting a lot of the accolades. Mar uh, Matthews is playing great as well too. But you're looking at Nylander. He's got 33 points. John Tavares has got 14 goals and 30 points as well too. So the big four has been carrying uh, this group right now too. But Again, not uh, in second place. It's got to be the defense really stepping up with all those injuries the last six weeks, seeing Lilligren and Sandine. You're seeing the future of Toronto's blue line right now. So they're playing like a team. They're getting some amazing saves right now in Samsonov, back-to-back shutouts. Murray 7-1-2 and two on the year. So yeah. they're playing as a team where, you know, in years past, it would always be one thing is going uh, another element is sort of missing, and then another element's terrible. So they're putting everything together. They're playing good team hockey. It, it's great to see as a hockey fan because this is the way that the game's supposed to be played. Yeah, offense is greatly uh, important in the game, but they're playing good team defense. They're blocking shots on the penalty kill. Their penalty kill's doing well right now. They're second, I think, in the league in goals against average. So they're putting it all together right now, and it's you know you're getting a a bit of a, a culture look at what Toronto Maple Leaf hockey is. Okay, I can't let you go without talking about OV. Um, and listen, 800 goals is like jaw-dropping to a lot of us. You played in the league. What what makes him, and I'm not going to say good, I'm going to say what makes him 800 goals good, Stewie? He loves to score goals, and he scores so many goals. I wore a tinted visor one summer just to try to be like Ovi, and it's funny. We were playing his highlights yesterday. They were doing a highlight of all 800 goals, and it was so long I had to turn it off after 200 goals. I'm like, he's been scoring now for about 12 minutes, uh, but it goes back to our days in the under-17 where you know, I'm just sitting there bragging about scoring six goals and thinking I'm leading the tournament. I look around, and he's got like 15 goals. So since he was 16 years old, he just loved putting the puck in the net his, you know, his last goal is celebrated like it's his first goal. He just loves going to the net, putting the puck in the net. And uh, whether or not he breaks the record, I think he's personally going to do it. To see him do it now with some of these huge goaltenders, the Peke Rines scoring a lot of goals on him. He scored a lot of goals on the Hall of Famer, Carey Price. It's a hard league to score goals, and he's just dominating. And to be doing it at 37 years old where I can barely get out of bed without stretching and, and pulling a uh, motivator cuff, it's great to see him do it. So... Again, I think he's got four or five years left, and I think he's probably going to beat it by 20, 25 goals. It's unbelievable. I mean, the guy's a horse, and he's still going, and he's got all of the skill. It's almost like his body was built for his game. Mm -hmm. Or 
or he knew what he was going to be and then built the game around that because it's crazy. Yeah, and, and, I, and I wish the teams let me get away with being unofficially 230 pounds. You know? <laughs> it looks like he's a lot bigger than that. Yeah, how much do you weigh today? Yeah, I think I'm feeling like I'm 230. <laughs> uh, hey, all you have to do is score 50 a year, and they wouldn't let you do anything. Steve. Yeah, it's true. That's true. 50 a year, they let you do anything. Hey, uh, Jesse, I, I was just told that you have something to close this out Yeah, here. yeah. Well, Stewie mentioned he got Cronwald, so I had to go to the Google machine oh, and try and oh, find no. something. So <laughs> let's just have a look. I don't know if this is the one. This isn't from your rookie Oh, year, yeah, this is the this. one if I remember. Boom. Which I probably don't. Boom. And there you go. Oh, Boom. Yeah. Right middle of the ice. Yes. Right at the... So that, the that, that's a pass up the middle and Cronwall's Slow tracking you? Oh. oh, yeah. And I went to the wrong bench there, but uh, <laughs> my brother avenged my death. He Cronwalled Cronwall. So how do you like that, Cronwall? Oh, he looked man. that one up too, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> All right. When, when, we, when we do the retirement ceremony in Kingston, we'll get the Cronwall getting Cronwalled. <laughs> thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, Stewie. Thanks for doing this. Always a great sport. Always good information. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, there is Anthony Stewart. I got it. The Chris on Cronwall. That was quick. Maybe yeah. we'll do it when we come back yeah. for game time. I like it. Stewie, you don't have to wait for the retirement ceremony. <laughs> Hopefully he's still watching. We'll do that next. Seven Friends continues. Oh. Bauer Hockey is back with its third holiday surprise, celebrating a group that is working hard to make hockey more welcoming to everybody. Today we're going to Boston, where the kids from the Home for Little Wanderers organization enjoyed a one-of-a-kind pizza party with the Bruins' Charlie McAvoy and Team USA's Megan Keller. After the dinner, the kids were surprised with some new gear from Bauer before being invited to test it out on a pretty cool ODR. We're here today at the Home for Little Wanderers in Dorchester. We're having a pizza party. Do you want pepperoni or cheese? Oh, it's going to be a surprise, but we have some gear from Bauer. After my hockey games, I'd always get pineapple and pepperoni. Do you play hockey? I play hockey too, yeah. They didn't know too much about the sport. So now we get a chance to kind of introduce it to them and play with them for a little bit. Yeah, try them on. These are for you guys. The Home for Little Wanderers is America's oldest child welfare agency. Our kids are so excited when people come visit, and they love any opportunity to be a part of a team. That's something every kid needs and deserves. Some Christmases, all you wanted was Santa to get you that new hockey stick. Are you all dressed up and warm? You got all your new gear on? We got one more surprise for you guys. Our basketball court in our backyard has been turned into a hockey rink. They're going to love it. We're going to count to three, OK? One, two, three. Yeah. They picked it up right away. A couple of them had some wicked one-timers. Yeah. The game of hockey, it's meant so much to me. Being able to let loose and play. It felt like a little big family together. They're going to remember the fun they're having with their friends out there playing hockey for the first time. As soon as they pick up a hockey stick, they can fall in love with it. This makes my whole day better. That's awesome. All right, here's what's on the network tonight. McAvoy's Bruins hosting the King 15-0-1 at home this year. You can check that one out on Sportsnet now. Ovi looking to pass Gordie Howe for second on the all-time goals list. Caps hosting the Stars, as mentioned, on Sportsnet tonight. Oilers hosting the Blues. Sabres, Avs, that's on 360. We've also got an NBA doubleheader on Sportsnet 1. 
Bucks and Grizzle for Shizzle, followed by the Suns and Clippers. It's game time. It's game time. It is game time. We give you everything you need to know before the games tonight, and Alexander Ovechkin can make some more history as he chases down his 801st career goal after scoring number 800 on Tuesday. The whole team got in on the celebrations. He'd been taking the party all the way into the locker room. Ovi was asked about the festivities today. What was the beer shower like? Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, it was great. I love beers, so it was great. <laughs> uh, what, what would be your drink of choice in that scenario? In that scenario? Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's yeah. tough because, you know, you got a game a couple days later, you know, it would be, be a, like, does Fear he partake in that? Fear can be heavy. Like all those players now, they all drink vodka water because they don't want the heaviness of it mm -hmm. all, right? That's like, there's a lot of people in just general society doing that these days. Yeah. I'm I think still beer a, sales are down. I'm still like a, a beer guy. Yeah. Like if you give me, I need to take a... It's Sunday, scotch. throw some football on. Scotch you. is pretty good too. Yeah, you, you scotch, like scotch, scotch, right? scotch. Yeah. yeah. Drink responsibly, kids. Yes. Always drink Very responsibly. Important. Like Uncle Timmy does. No question. Yeah. Uh, let's I go to the Ed one. Yes. Just one. Maybe two. All right. The Edmonton Oilers are hosting the St. Louis Blues tonight on Sportsnet West. Uh, how about this? Clem Costin will face his former team for the first time, but the 23-year-old stole headlines this afternoon for another reason. He stated he reads Twitter before bed and gave some constructive criticism for reporters. Have a listen. Did you still pay attention to how St. Louis does in the games? Oh, I think the fans don't like your questions, eh? In a, on a Twitter? I saw it. You need, you need to change something. <laughs> Why is he so pissy? <laughs> yes. That's Jim Matheson. That's yeah. pissy 2.0. Mm -hmm. That's pretty confident from a 23-year-old. Well, I do have a follow-up. Mark Spector uh, tweets in and says, I, for one, welcome our new media overlord, Clem Costin. <laughs> <laughs> very, good. very good. Well done, Spec. Uh, all right, two games from the NBA on Sportsnet 1 tonight. The Grizzlies will look to win their seventh straight when they take on the Milwaukee Bucks, while these struggling Suns are in L.A. to face the Clippers. Phoenix, who were the one seed in the West last year, have lost five in a row, including most recent loss to the lowly Houston Rockets. And uh, following the loss, DeAndre Ayton said, quote, The teams we see on film aren't the teams we play. They're playing harder and with a chip on their shoulder against us. Excuse? Yeah, that's a weird one, isn't it? Like, maybe they're just not as good as they were last year. I know Chris Paul has struggled a little bit this year. Listen, uh, this is what it's like when you are one of the better teams in the NBA. You don't sneak up on people anymore. Like, that's what NBA playoff basketball is about, and that's what the regular season is when you're one of the better teams. It, it feels a little bit like an excuse and or Maybe we know why Monty Williams and him got into it mm -hmm. last year. Yeah, that's just something that doesn't need to be said. I know sometimes, or a lot of the times, people get their quotes taken out of context and he was probably in a scrum just answering it, but... Yeah, is he just trying to say we're getting everyone's best shot and we're, mince we're, we're, we're just going through the words? Yeah, I don't know. But th th they don't seem like they're as good as they were a year ago. Yeah. And funny enough, the East is better than the West this year. I just, I just hate if, if that wasn't his intention that we're going through a couple of words and crushing the guy. Yeah, we're giving him the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Just, a, li just a little bit. Right. That does it for us, Hockey Central with Carolyn Cameron. Luke Gazdick, Jamal Mares is coming up next, followed by 
Mentioned it a couple times. The Caps hosting the Stars. Can Ovi tie or pass Gordy Howe tonight? You can find out right here on Sportsnet. Thank you for watching. Jesse and I will talk to you again tomorrow, if you'll allow us. <laughs>